Hi there and welcome to a very special edition of Inside Rugby League, the Rugby League podcast brought to you by the Yorkshire Evening Post. I'm Richard Byram and joining me on the line again today is my colleague Peter Smith. Peter, as you'll know, is the Yorkshire Evening Post Chief Rugby League Writer and also contributes pieces to our sister paper, the Yorkshire Post. And this week we have a Wembley date to look forward to, Peter. Leeds Rhinos against Salford, a sadly empty Wembley, but at least the final is going ahead. Yeah, it, it's that didn't seem very likely, did it, a, a few no, months ago? Credit to everybody involved, managed to get the final on. Um, it's been a very strange competition this year. We've had low division teams pulling out of the, the fifth round. We've had a redraw. Um, Leeds and Salford have both only had to win two games to get to the final. But all that's out of the way now. It is a final. There's a trophy up for, for grabs. And I think it's got the potential to be a, a good game. Two teams that like to play, like to pass the ball, like to play attacking rugby. I think the Wembley size of the Wembley pitch will suit them. Obviously, the atmosphere is going to be very different to normal years with an empty stadium um, and an empty 90,000-seater stadium. But both teams are used to playing behind closed doors. They've been doing it for a couple of months now. I think they can cope with the lack of atmosphere. Um, It is a great shame for fans of both teams, particularly for Salford, who haven't been to Wembley since 1969. But that's just the way it is. Um, Everybody will have to get on with it. And I, I think it could actually be a very memorable final under the circumstances. I mean, hopefully from an Evening Post point of view, Leeds can win it. But I think it's far from a foregone conclusion. They've beaten Salford twice this year, um, put 50 points on them at the end of August. But Salford are in good form. They've got some very good players who are playing well. And I think they're a, they're a threat. Um, so it's, it's quite intriguing. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I think it'll be a good game too. Um, obviously, minus the crowd, which we spoke the other week. I'd watched the FA Cup final at Wembley and uh, very strange indeed. Even even with the crowd noise on, you can't hide the fact that there's nobody there, uh, which I think Rugby League in particular has done well in recent weeks with the sort of tight angles on the players and so on. It, it's been a bit easier to cover the fact, but uh, in, in the big open bowl of Wembley, it'd be, it'd be quite obvious in many ways that there isn't anybody there. But as you say, both teams have got the same conditions and both teams have been playing behind closed doors for a couple of months now. And I think it's a really intriguing final, as you say. You know, Leeds are in some good form. They were able to rest a lot of their players the other night for the, the defeat against Warrington. And... Uh, you know, obviously have the, have the pedigree of having have won trophies fairly consistently over the last 10 or 15 years and still got players within the ranks who know what it's all about. But, you know, we shouldn't forget that Salford got to last season's grand final and uh, gave a good account of themselves. And and again, the thing with Salford, I think as much as anything, one of those where it depends which Salford turns up, but they've been in a lot of tight games this season. And, uh, you know, they've got some key players, including... Callum Watkins, of course, who used to play for Leeds. Uh, and I, I think it could be a, a really good game in the circumstances. And, and just to echo what you've said, it, it's great that the game is going on, despite all. And uh, hopefully the two teams will be able to put on a decent showpiece uh, 
for the game and for the country. You know, as we've mentioned many times in the past, the Challenge Cup final in particular isn't just for the t- the fans of the two teams. It's it's one of the things that still brings everybody together uh, from the sport. And uh, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people sat down Saturday afternoon uh, and watching the game. And, and let's hope it's a good one for everyone involved. Yeah, so I think it. I think it's potentially you can you can never tell, can you? There aren't that many classic finals. Um, the occasion and nerves and and everything often get to teams. Maybe that won't happen this year with no crowd in there, and, and perhaps we will get a, a classic game. It's certainly got the the potential to be some very good players on show. It's good that it's. I mean, it sounds silly to say about Leeds, but it's good that it's two different teams. In the final, it's five years since Leeds yes. have been there. Um, 1969, the last time Salford were in a cup final. I, it sort of breaks the the Wigan, um, Warrington, Hull, St Helens sort of monopoly that there's been on the, the cup for the last few years. I mean, obviously not forgetting Catalans who won it a couple of years ago. Um, I think most of the neutrals will be backing Salford, which is fair enough. Leeds probably start as slight favourites. Um, you mentioned Leeds sort of being accustomed to winning things, but it's a while since they've done that. There aren't that many cup winners in Leeds' as team. The, the team that's likely to start on Saturday is probably only two, Glenn Sutcliffe and, um, and Tom Briscoe, who've won a Challenge Cup final Um Adam Cuthbertson's in the squad as well. He's he's won one. James Donaldson's played in a cup final against Leeds for for Hull KR when they they got um, a fifty nil thrashing the other year. Salford have got roughly the same amount of cup experience. I think in the twenty one man squads, I think Leeds have got seven that have played in the cup final, and Salford have got six. So there's not much difference there. Um, Salford's big game experience is more recent when you think about it. Obviously. They played in the grand final last year, which was a different sort of affair and under lights um, in front of a big crowd. But you often hear the saying, you've got to lose one to, to win one. I'm not yeah. sure that's the but they lost one last year and, and they'll feel that they're had you a win for themselves and, and for their club. And I think they're... they're Form in the cup has been very impressive. Um, came back from from the dead really to beat Castellans in their first tie in goal point extra time, and then nobody expected them to beat Warrington, and they were quite a long way behind in that with not long left, and fought back and won it. So they're a never say die sort of team. Um, I think it's important for Leeds to get off to a good start. Try and build, obviously, try and build an, an early lead. I think if, if Leeds can settle into the game, they should they should be okay. Le- Leeds were very good, I thought, in their semi-final. A different sort of win to, to Salford's against Warrington. But the first half in appalling conditions yeah. was near perfect. I think they made one mistake in, in 40 minutes um, in torrential rain. Stuck to the game plan, which worked really effectively. And I think if they can do that, they can... Give a solid start. They can do the, the basics right and control the ball. I think Leeds will win. Um, Leeds look a good team when they when they do control the ball, when they cut out the errors and they don't give penalties away. Um, we saw against Hull last week, they made a very poor start. I think they failed to complete something like the first four or five sets. They went 10-0 down. Um, but when they got to grips with it and they started to complete, 
they um, they hit back very strongly and, and went on to to reach a, quite a, a convincing win in the end. And that, that's that's the key for Leeds. If they if they don't make mistakes, if they can hang on to the ball, um, if the the pack can set a platform, they've got two good halves um, in Luke Gale, who I think is going to have a very big game. And Rob Louie, who can control things, Richie Myler at, at fullback. I just think they might have just a little bit too much class and quality for um, for Salford. But it's not one of those games you'd, you'd put your, your mortgage on, is it? No. it, it um, and I'm sure the the local paper in, <laughs> in the Salford area are, are tipping a Salford win. It's, it's one of those. It could go yeah. either way. I think it's going to be a good final. Yeah, let's hope so. Um... Just reading around, I see Leeds seem to have pretty much a full squad and Salford have been disrupted, unfortunately, by the dreaded COVID with Dan Sargenson and the former Leeds forward Jack Armandroyd uh, having to sit the game out. A couple of their other players, Lee Mossop and Mark Fonigan, both passed COVID tests, so they should be available. And uh, Leeds did manage to get a rest into a lot of the players midweek, didn't they? I thought, I thought they... The young players again gave a good account of themselves in that game, though, against Warrington. And, you know, Leeds were in it really until the last 10 or 15 minutes when Warrington's experience and probably Leeds just ran out of steam a bit, didn't they, from the effort they'd put in at the start of the game. But again, you know, good signs for the future there for the club. Yeah, I thought it was a very encouraging performance. I mean, 8-6 eight, eight, at half-time against yeah. uh, full-strength Warrington side, but the they they weren't far off. There was no Blake Austin, um, which makes a big difference to um, to Warrington. But even so, they were they were pretty strong, and it was a very inexperienced Leeds team. Some of them had only played one game um, in the last eight or so months, and they did really well. Yeah. Um, it was unfortunate the score blew out. I think fourteen of of Warrington's 32 points came in the last 10 minutes, but Leeds just um, ran out of steam a little bit. There was a physical difference, but some of these kids haven't been training with the full-time squad for long. Um, but you can see that there's some talent there. They're not all going to come through, but I think one or two of them um, certainly will. Uh, like I've liked the look of Jack Broadbent for a, for a while. Um, he He's always impressed me in Leeds' academy. He had a good game. Um, the young teenage winger, Liam Tyndall's done well in the two games he's played in Super League against Catalans and Warrington. Um, and the, the big second rower, Sam Walters, looks like a real prospect. Um, there's also the, the kid, um, Jared O'Connor, who played at hooker the other day. He's actually a, a loose mm. fall. Um, he, he's got potential as well. So there are good signs for Leeds. I think um, in the next few years, we'll see some of the, more of these kids come through and, and the future looks looks quite bright. Certainly Leeds are in a lot better position now than they have been for, um, for the last few years. Um, back in a cup final on the fringes of the, um, of the top four. And I think the club and the team have got a little bit of self-respect back which is um, which is good to see. Yes, I'd agree with that, Peter. I think that uh, as an outsider looking in, I, I would say that Leeds seem a lot more stable in inverted commas than they have done for a long time. Um, obviously, they had to go through the process of gradually shedding their golden generation of players and obviously 
most of those guys are, are impossible to replace. Um, but you just get a feeling that the team on the on the pitch seems fairly settled again now and starting to put together some good results and obviously have got to Wembley. And then, you know, the, they've obviously topped up their youth stock as well in the last few years. And and as you say, some of those guys coming through uh, look very exciting. But but the club as a whole uh, seems back to the, the, the leads that I would know uh, looking in from maybe 10 years or so ago. You know, they, they've got some good players in key positions again now and uh, some good understudies there just waiting on the fringes that can come in. I think they're playing better, a better brand of rugby than they have done for um, for quite some time. That's something that Richard Agar, who I think has done a fine job as, as coach, he's encouraged. He talks a lot about the Leeds DNA. Um, his view is that at Leeds, you, you don't just win, you have to win with style. And Leeds have, have done that this season. They've scored quite a lot of points. They've um, they've had some big wins, and when they get on the front foot, they they can be a very good attacking team. Yeah, which is, I think is important for um, for Leeds. But the big the big difference I think has been the culture. Um, there's a lot of emphasis been placed on team spirit and um, togetherness, and that that is working. The players are enjoying it. Obviously, it helps when you win, but the players are are in good spirits. Um, and there's a good, there's a good feel around the club. It, I don't, they're not there yet. They're not the finished article. They're not on par. I don't think with St Helens, or um, or probably Wigan, um, maybe not Warrington at this stage. But they're they're certainly heading in the right direction. Um, and with these young kids coming through, I think they, they still need one or two astute signings to um, to complement that. But um, th- there are good signs for the future the the concern is obviously the soccer budget cuts for next season and we don't know what's going to happen financially with covid still having an impact but certainly it, it's not long ago um but i think september i think it was september the first last year leads last trip to london when they played the broncos in ealing and that was a relegation four-pointer um yeah. they won that to to stave off the threat of relegation well, they've, they've certainly come a long way since then and it's good to see. I think it's good for the game as well because you obviously you want um, different clubs to win things and different clubs to do well. But it's equally, it's important that the big clubs, your Leeds and Saints and Wigan, um, are doing well because they're the best supported clubs, they're the best known clubs. Um, and I think the game benefits from a strong Leeds. Yes, yeah, and, and and the Yorkshire, you know, the, even the Pennines divide, it, it helps that there's, you know, on a Yorkshire, Lancashire and Cheshire lines that, you know, Yorkshire has strong clubs as well and that everything isn't going one way all the time. Um, you know, obviously I, I, I support Wakefield, as, as people know, and, you know, not in the same league as Leeds in terms of finance and, and facilities and so on, but, you know, it's important that, say a Leeds and a Hull and we've lost Bradford now for now um, they're you know giving people in the county as a whole something to to support and cling on to and you know obviously providing pathways for the good young players coming through and as you say whichever sport it is rugby league football union whatever you want to name it's key for the prosperity of the club as a, excuse me for the game as a whole that those top clubs do prosper and bring through the best players uh, for the domestic and international game uh, and obviously 
the benefits of that then trickle down to everybody else. And, you know, as you say, the players who may, might not make it at Leeds may well make it at Castleford or, or Wakefield or Dewsbury or wherever, but, the, you know, they'll be retained in the game and, and go on and have some kind of career in the game. And, and, and that's crucial as well to the long-term prosperity and stability of the, the sport, especially in, in the times that we are in now. Yeah, I'd echo all that. And so on Saturday itself, Peter, you'll be heading down to Wembley uh, with our colleague Dave Craven and no doubt a few more familiar names that you see around the press boxes. Uh, just give us a bit of an idea of, of what it's like. I know obviously it'll be different this year but with everything else that's going on and no particular atmosphere, but it must still be great to cover a game at Wembley uh, and especially when it's one of our teams in terms of the newspaper that are involved. Yeah, it's always a big a big occasion. Um, I'd, I would have to say that Wembley's not not one of my favourite stadiums. Um, I don't. I think the old Wembley was was falling down, and it was in a it was in a really poor state. But yes. it had an atmosphere all of its own. I'm not sure the new stadium quite has that. It's it's just big. I think I think it's rather bland. Um, I I like Grand Final night. At Old Trafford, I think that's that's the highlight of the um, of the year. But Wembley's Wembley is still a special occasion. Um, it's got so much tradition about it. Um, I think the the decline of the Challenge Cup, which has happened over the last sort of fifteen years or so, really since it moved to a summer date, has been very sad. Um, crowds have been declining. You never know. Maybe the fact that the ship people haven't been able to go, you know, you don't miss something until it's not there. Maybe that will revive a little bit of interest in it next year. I, I don't know. I'd hope so. Um, it is going to be strange this uh, this year. I don't really know what to what to expect. We've we've been given a, a strict list of um, do's and don'ts. Yeah. Um, to, to follow in in the media area normally you you get quite well looked after at, at Wembley but um, we've been told to bring our own uh, bring our own punch <laughs> right. this week oh, well. uh, it's a case of, of sit in your allocated seat and don't move from it um, other than to use the facilities and keep a mask on all the time but that's a small price to pay isn't it I, I accept we're very lucky and privileged to be to be in the ground for um, for this occasion, I know there's there's thousands of people who would love to be there and uh, and aren't going to be able to, which is a real shame. Um, it's understandable, I suppose, in the circumstances. But we, as we've said on this podcast so many times, we need the fans back. Um, we were agonisingly close to it, weren't we? That we were going to have a limited number of fans in stadiums on September the 30th and just before that the greater um, lockdown restrictions came came in and, and that was all kiboshed and it's such a shame um, the game's nothing without the fans yeah. um, as I say I still think it's going to be a big occasion and a big game on, on Saturday but you know you want cup finals to be played in front of front of 80,000, 90,000 people um, whoever wins it the winning captain is going to present the trophy to himself um, this weekend. I think it's going to be placed on a, a sort of a plinth on the pitch. They'll go and collect it to, to maintain social distancing. There'll be no um, lap of honour. There'll be none of the normal 
celebrations afterwards. And I think that's a shame for whoever the winning team are and, and for the fans as well who um, aren't going to be able to be part of it. It's, it's unfortunate, but as I say, it's, it's just one of those things. Neither team can do anything about it, so it's just a case of, of get on with it and try and provide the, um, the best entertainment possible for the watching public on TV. Yes. Yeah, I'd certainly agree with all that. I went to the Old Wembley once in 1999 when Leeds played uh, London. I think it was the last Challenge Cup final at Wembley before they knocked it all down. Um, and it was it was a great day out, you know, and, and I was in the fortunate position that day. I didn't actually have to report. We were almost guests of the Rugby League, uh, working at the Wakefield Express at the time. And I think round about then... Uh, as a kind of thank you to the to the local media for the help throughout the year, the rugby league would make certain tickets available uh, to you. My friend and colleague Steve Hetzinstall, we went down for the day and we had a great day. And um, obviously, Leroy Rivette's four tries uh, were the main talking point of that game. And the other time I went to see a Challenge Cup final at the New Wembley was Saints and Hull in two thousand and eight. Um, Again, fortunate to be the guests of some people. And it was a great day out. I mean, sitting in Wembley itself, it's a bit of a bowl effect. You feel a lot, you feel a lot nearer to the action, but uh, it wasn't the same as the old Wembley. And as you say, unfortunately, in recent years, the Challenge Cup has lost some of its luster. And uh, hopefully maybe you know, a good game on Saturday and, and a good outcome and maybe a change in the rules where we can get fans back soon may persuade people to get back behind it again. But I think the main thing for this weekend is it's all about the game, isn't it? It's about the game and it's about keeping the integrity of the competitions and, you know, something to play for and to cheer and to remember some positive things out of what's been a dreadful season through nobody's fault. It's just been how it is, uh, you know, and, and let's hope that uh, next week we can talk about a Leeds win and a good game. Yeah, let's hope so, let's hope so. Okay, Peter, well, we'll leave it there and wish you a, a safe trip down to Wembley and hopefully bring the trophy back with you. Uh, I'll do my best. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And uh, thanks again, as usual, for all your insights and comments. And uh, again, just for me to remind you all that you can get the very latest news and views uh, on rugby league and sport in general at yorkseveningpost.co.uk. Peter's Twitter feed on Saturday, I'm sure, will be full of the very latest news uh, and views and match reports and pictures from the game uh, at Peter Smith YEP and obviously my own at Richard Byron YEP and the Yorkshire Evening Post Sports Desk at YEP Sports Desk. Uh, so all I to do now is wish both teams the best of luck for Saturday. Thank Peter again and we'll see you soon.